Welcome to WLNM, the web novel and manga review hosted by Zeke Changuris. Welcome to WLNM, the web light novel and manga review. We are dedicated to bringing our listeners the very special artists, writers, creators, and industry professionals that are part of this amazing explosion of creativity. We welcome today the creative force behind more than now 50 books, Brandon Brunell. 54. 54. Yeah. You just keep, uh, you just, it, it's like, uh, well, I was going to say Daniel Steele, you know, you know, without bodice ripping Harlequin romance on the cover, but I think there is some bodice ripping. I've seen the cover of American Kitsune. So, you know, there's some, some sexy girls on my cover. Yeah. I got some sexy girls on your covers. Uh, so you, uh, one of your latest projects has been, uh, by Durgabort, Legend of a Reincarnated Warrior. Uh, let's delve into that first, and then we'll move on to one of your other more recent works. Tell me, you know, what is what is our what is our setup here? So the setup is that this is a. Do you know what Shen Sha is? Uh, no, but uh, I'm. No, Wujia is. Wujia, no. Yes. Please, please add words you... to my lexicon. <laughs> I will be more than happy to. Have you seen Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon? Yes, I have. That's Wuxia. It's basically okay. Chinese martial heroes. So Shen Sha is a subgenre of the Wuxia genre. It's basically Chinese martial arts fantasy. Okay. So this is like a this is like a Chinese martial arts fantasy series with Norse mythology inspirations. So the main protagonist, Eric Viger, is at the end of his life, he fights against the man who killed his wife and daughter. He loses, but at the very last instance, he channels all of his power into a single attack, and it somehow throws him back into the past to when he was just 18 years old. And now he's got to, he's decided he's, no, sorry, 16 years old. And now he's decided he's going to redo his entire life over again and make sure that what happened in the past doesn't happen this time or the future his future past his his future past yes yes I, so I it's a very like i feel like i've seen this conversation in avengers there's probably been a conversation <laughs> I, would, I would not be surprised at all avengers does that a lot yes. there's a lot of time travel stuff i have not seen loki but i'm sure there's some weird oh, that, time travel stuff going on in that one we, we can go true. on and on about that in a, in a whole nother podcast but so he's he's basically like reborn into himself and he's yes. trying to uh avoid the pitfalls that laid before him the first time it's exactly it well so like right now you know when the series first started like the series now has eight volumes out or no nine volumes out sorry um Check, I, I can check that now because I don't even remember how many volumes I've got. I've got it, the whole series already written, but okay. I am basically publishing that. Yeah, I've got eight volumes out, but so I am basically publishing them as I go through my edits, getting myself edits out with the beta reading, hiring my copy editor, hiring my artist, and I'm sort of I got like a uh, like an assembly line process to publish this book once every three months. So 
Well, which in itself is a Herculean task, just getting one out a year, as far as I'm concerned. And uh, you seem to have found a way to streamline it, which is in itself uh, a, a godly effort. Um, so now, what kind of flavor, I guess, is is this story? Is it in the more serious? I mean, you've written some really funny harem stuff. Where, where, where does it lie in the the i guess the, the flavor or the um, emotional touch of it this is a much more serious novel than like american kitsune which was 100 satire parody with serious moments but that was like gintama if you've ever seen that yeah like yeah, it was, yeah it was very it was very funny lots of parodying other anime but it had its moments of like oh my god i cannot believe this just happened the serious moments this one is more much more serious um it's still got its harem because that's what i just love to write but it is definitely a more serious novel with a lot of drama a lot of political intrigue a lot of action combat you know there's some pretty gruesome scenes in there that i probably wouldn't recommend for children also like have you you've seen the covers right yeah 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 yeah, so you know there's that explicit content warning label on the front cover. This is not a series for kids. Which means I definitely, as a child, want to read it. You know, oh, so. no, you, you definitely want to read it as a kid. Like, yeah. I, I would have been into this series like I was getting into my dad's porn mags back when I was a kid. <laughs> so, and you know what? What teenage boy doesn't want to watch, read his dad's Playboy magazines, yeah, right? Exactly. I still remember finding one when I was in elementary school. And now when I look back, I'm like, damn, that was the most tame magazine I have ever read in my entire life. Because <laughs> it was very, like from the tame. 1960s. <laughs> so yes. Yeah. They were uh, they were a lot tamer than magazines. I don't know if magazines are even how magazines are now. I've never even read one anymore. Everything I watch is online. Yeah. Yeah. I mean the it, it Online is where you're going to find, well, as we know, boys and girls, online, you know, you have to find an adult. Don't search adult because that's a whole different thing, but don't surf by yourself, boys and girls. Um, the, uh, well, this being a departure from your, your, what you had started with, what kind of led you down this more serious road? Was it just you wanted to try something different? I mean, I always like to try different genres within my themes. Like, you know, even if everything I write is at its heart a harem series, I like to add different themes, different genres, different tropes into my stories, just so the series that I'm writing is different from all of my other series. So with this one, um, you know, a couple of years ago, I really got into the Wuxia slash uh shen sha genre which i don't know if you've ever been to wujia world no it's like a all right no that's cool it's a it's a website where people translate and edit chinese shen sha wujia web novels into english okay i mean so, i, I and, go to, to there's one it's not that but there's a uh, skywood which does a lot of light novel trans trans uh uh, transcriptions and so I, I frequent them a lot so yeah I, I have an idea what you're referring to though right so well I think I don't know if Skywood is is Skywood legal I, I probably not okay <laughs> I yeah this is it's fan from it, 
Got it. It's fan translated. So my understanding is that Wujia World is 100% legal. So that's why I go on okay. their, their websites. Um, but the first thing I ever read was it's called Battle Through the Heavens. And it was mind-blowing in how different it is from both Western novels and Japanese light novels. So, like, I remember I probably read it's, you know, it's like 2,000 chapters long, I believe. Like I can, I can look that up, Battle Through the Heavens. It was, I think it was, uh, yeah, it was about 2,000 chapters long. Yep. Wow. It was a massive, se- no, sorry, sorry, it was 1,648 chapters long. That's still, that's but, massive. Yes. It was still a very, it was a massive series. There were epic battles. There was a lot of political intrigue. There's some really weird sayings and tropes in these, in these stories that just, like, they made absolutely no sense, but they kind of made it corny and fun to read. Okay. Um, you know, of course, you have, like, the, the powerful protagonist who fights really hard to, you know, become stronger so that he can complete his goals. And... You know, I really, I really, I'll admit, I do like like the really strong protagonist who women sort of fawn over because he's so handsome and he's so powerful and ooh, he like you know just swoon. Hey, well, well, thinking of <laughs> well, thinking of Japanese, uh, thinking of Chinese, uh, Legend of the Immortal King, which came out this past year, was a Chinese-based story and it was great. It really was great. Uh, uh. I sometimes am suspect when I see a a uh, Chinese or originated uh, anime or feature, and it was actually it was oh. a very good story. Are you talking about the Daily Life of the Immortal that's, King? That's it. Yeah, that's it. Yes, Daily Life. Of the I watched Immortal that King. just recently. Is actually not bad. Yeah, it was a. Uh, I I I'm still a little iffy about that one. I think the animation was really good. Yes. Um. On the other hand, I felt like the romance, the romantic subplot was really, really plastered on. Could have been better. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it just, it felt like there wasn't a lot of development between um, Wang, Wang Ling and uh, I don't even remember her name now. Yeah, but I, um, I know what you mean. It, it felt like it happened really fast and she didn't need that much of a reason to um to like him to like him yeah yeah i i i know what you mean uh and like i said for a genre that or genre or subgenre or whatever you want to call it for i've i've been skeptical because i think sometimes the chinese made productions are kind of hit and miss on whether they're uh good you know whether they're they're enjoyable for me and uh it, it it was it was enough that I watched I binge watched it I think in two days. Yeah, the well the anime. To be fair, the Chinese anime when I first watched them, they were really really bad. Yeah, I've seen some. Like they were they, they were really horrible. This one is good. I think they've upped their production quality. Yeah, their production quality is much better. And it it as someone who reads a lot of subtitles, it's interesting because your ears are used to listening to Japanese, Japanese and then you're listening to probably Mandarin and you're like, huh, 
that really just sounds foreign to me, even though I still can't speak a lick of Japanese. Chinese sounded more right. foreign. <laughs> it's it's definitely got a very different flavor as a language. Yeah, there, there's a lot. But of, so, so well, let's let, let's get get back to um, let's get back to reincarnated warrior for a second. Right. You said it has like a little harem subplot. So, you know, it be. Is it uh, are are we have a a stacked group of like adventurous uh, adventure you know girls in this harem or is it well so what it is basically so there's right now there are three women who are literally they're gonna be they're engaged to him right now okay is um so the first one is Kari Australia she is in the in his past life Kari Australia was Eric's wife okay. Okay. they they never officially married but. Um, in the past, there was a demon beast invasion of Navaria where they live. Like it destroyed everything. They were some of the only survivors. And so they basically went through their previous life together, like growing attached to each other, depending on each other for survival and emotional support. And eventually they just like they they just had they had a kid, they got married, they started their own sect together. They were basically like the power couple. Okay. And so, you know, after he goes back in time, basically everything he does is for her. He's, he wants he wants to save Navaria from the demon beast invasion so that her parents don't die. You know, he wants to protect everybody so that she can have the life that she was deprived of in his past life. Um, the other two girls, the first, the second girl is um, Faye Valstein, who is actually Kari's childhood friend. Um, they are sort of estranged right now kari and Faye, because of something that happened in their past okay. um kari while well, kari is basically like a caged bird her mother is the empress of navaria so she's basically the princess of the kingdom that they okay. live in uh Faye is a minor noble who is basically struggling to break free from her own prison um one of the smaller antagonists of the first arc is attempting to get Kari and Faye to marry him. Kari as his first wife, Faye as his second. Neither of them wants to marry them, but Faye is the one who is struggling to not marry him on her own. And so her goal is to enter a tournament that happens every year, win the tournament, and then have the Empress grant her wish of not allowing the engagement between her and Grant Luke, who is the minor antagonist for the first arc of the series okay hey, you know it it's sounds like you've really flushed them out which is good because you know we've all read the stories where you, they just kind of add women more girls yeah and and there's no end to them and they don't have any personality yep. they're like a cardboard box yeah and and so yeah, it, no. yeah as a connoisseur I, I see that you've tried to elevate their game so that's excellent uh, the i always work very hard to uh develop my characters i think i think it's very important to have characters that have a strong motivation you know a unique personality they have their own goals that are irrespective of any relationships they have because you know no one no one in real life lives solely for someone else they all want to do something else with their life 
you know, some people, you know, maybe they just want to get a good job. Maybe they just want to have fun. Maybe they want to become an artist. Maybe they want to be a writer. Maybe they want to be like a police officer. You know, everyone has something that they want that doesn't have anything to do with love. So, and I think having women like that is important for, especially for a harem, because, you know, a harem is basically one guy in a romantic relationship with multiple women. So you need to make sure these women are strong, independent, you know, very, very unique. You want them to stand out from all of the other characters of any series, not just your own, so that, you know, when people go back or read another series, they still remember your characters because they're not some cardboard cutout of, you know, standard anime archetypes. That's uh, that's that's an excellent point. Um, yeah, I mean, we could talk probably talk about the character archetypes and how they've been misused and sometimes used very well for a while. Um, but it's something else I wanted that you incorporated in here. Was there what was it that brought Norse mythology? Or, or North settings into your Chinese fairy tale action fairy tale uh, story concept. That's an you know, interesting. I just that's an interesting be, marriage. <laughs> it is. It is definitely an interesting mix. I just wanted to be different. Um, you know, most Chinese stories have primarily Chinese mythology attached to their stories. Um, Japan, on the other hand, sort of goes all over the place. Yes. Like Japan will have German. Jap they'll have uh, like, a, have you seen High School with DxD, right? Yeah. They yeah, like so to like, borrow. Like literally, they, they borrow, borrow everything. everything. Like they've got the Christian mythology. They've got Norse mythology. They've got, um, you know, in the last uh, season four, they introduced the Hindu gods, Hades from Greeks. Yeah, like they've had, they're all over the place, and I figured, you know, if I was going to tell a story that was like more Shensha Wujia novel, I would try and make something a little more Western, just so it's more easily consumable to like the average Westerner. Like, you know, I'm assuming yeah. I'm assuming most of us just don't know a whole lot about like Chinese culture, Chinese history. So adding you made it more you know, accessible. A more, yes. I gave it a broader try to give it a broader appeal, I guess, is what you could say. Hey, that 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 makes that makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah, and everyone I, knows Norse thanks to uh, you know Marvel. Thanks to Marvel, yes, we all we all know our Norse mythology at this point. Hey, and thanks to Marvel, we know that uh, there is a Kore first Korean Church of Asgard somewhere in the Bronx. Because I, I had in, no idea in that Doctor existed. in Doctor Strange in the background uh, near um, no actually no it's in the village uh, uh, near Doctor Strange's place in the village across the street there is a sign that says first like First Korean Church of Asgard okay, it's written in Korean though so you have to okay. I only found that out because you know YouTubers you know who, okay yeah I see I like to pick things apart. But that's it's a it, yeah they they go all out don't they so yep hey uh you thinking of gods uh you have a man made god that you are writing about currently and uh 
what makes him a god of mon- a god among men? Is it the ability to have a harem of twenty women and satisfy <laughs> them all? Because that would be so. Godly. In so in this, th- that's actually not. He's not a, the main character. Is not a god. Like I call I call it that because of a the main plot, which I'm not revealing. Okay, that's it's fine. It's not going to happen until much much later. Um, the idea of man-made god is this is a post world war three series basically world war three happened it was a nuclear war killed billions of people immediately after the war um a plague like a disease that was created from the massive amounts of nuclear radiation killed another half of the populace the governments were like oh shit we just killed like so many people war is bad so they got together and they created an armistice like all the nations and they basically said that henceforth there shall be no war if you have a conflict whether it's as an individual or on a national scale or on an international scale you can only solve it in the virtual world all right so ever since that moment, virtual reality has been like the biggest, most popular thing ever. Games are now all VR. Like the latest VR MMOs are the biggest hits. They make the most money. You know, Hollywood's been kicked to the curb. No one watches movies anymore. Like a few people do. But basically, video games are now where everything is, like where everyone solves their conflicts where everyone can make money. Like there are a lot of people now who literally they just go on to VR MMO video games. They, and they basically, you know, farm cash. They kill monsters, they get cash from there and they can convert it into their nation's currency and basically live off that. So this is like a kind of a cyberpunk world where everything is solved through video games. And in this world, there is a woman named Fate who is just like Faye being forced into an arranged marriage. All right. But she doesn't want to be. She's tried, you know, she tried to convince her father to annul the marriage, but her father grew so upset when she refused the engagement that he has basically disowned her. Um, the man that she is being forced to marry offers her a way out, which is basically she has to do an impossible task within the newest, latest VR MMO called Age of Gods, which is basically like she has to build up her reputation. She has to earn more money than what her family makes in a year. Um, And she has to become like her guild. She has to create a guild that becomes like one of the top 10 guilds of the entire nation. Okay. And if she can... Do you use a lot... uh, Do you use a lot of uh, gaming... Uh, gaming, yeah, gaming stats. I guess when in it. This is this is a pretty crunchy game, a pretty okay. crunchy series. So there are a lot of stats, a lot okay. of you know leveling up. It's definitely it's definitely very MMO game lit RPG okay. lit ish. So this is and this was my first attempt at doing that. But that's basically you know the main plot through this. Um, Fate meets. Adam, who she actually recognizes as a player who, um, in the past, managed to basically defeat all the greatest 
gamers of the entire world um, to earn like however millions of dollars he earned. Um, and then he just vanished. Okay. But she recognizes him because of the way he walks. She's very observant. So she's basically watched his videos millions of times. So she's like, oh, my God, I know who this guy is. And she learns that um, Adam has a lover who has the disease, the fatal disease that kills everyone. It's got a 100% fatality rate if they get it. And she comes to him and she says, I will get you a deal. If you do this for me and help me, I will cure your lover. And she has a, um, a prototype cure for this disease, which it hasn't been used. It was, um, you know, in the, the backstory for the cure is that her grandfather um, hired someone, a scientist, to make this for his wife. But then his wife died before it was okay. built. And after it was built, he just sort of stored it away for all time. And she stumbled upon it. So it was very, very uh, nice plot twist coincidence slash plot armor. Yes. <laughs> hey, we all need that sometimes. We do. But yeah. so basically that's how this story starts is she finds Adam. She offers him this deal in exchange for helping her get out of this marriage and winning her bet. She will cure his lover. Um, so like and so said, go ahead. No, no. You can go. No, no. Like you said, it, it it's it, it it is a very gamer MMO focused story, and that you know if, if for me, I have been not a gamer. I have found at times delving into MMO stories like that to be a little confusing because I uh, are you using like the shorthand? Or are you trying to explain it a little bit for noobs? Um, I write my stories as if you've never read something like this before. Okay, that's great. So I do my best to explain everything. Like there are some things that I feel, you know, are probably common, even if you don't play video games. Like, I, like I'm sure even if you don't play video games, you know what it means to level up, right? Yes, yes. Like if, yes. if I were to say HP. Uh, hit points. You know, you'd, you'd, yeah, you'd probably know that's hit points, health points. MP is like your, ma your mana slash your magic points. Like some things are are very common especially, especially if you're going in, to get into especially if you're like oh i'm in the light novels you will have heard those terms before because yes you know yes so there are some things that i feel don't need explaining but like um you know certain stats certain um like certain some of the armor offers like buffs like you know maybe it'll offer you like a plus 100 for your hp which means that you get a hundred more HP if you equip this piece of armor. Okay. Like I sort of explain how all that works. Um, also, you know, even if there are similar uh, magic magic slash game systems um, that you have read from light novels or other novels, you know, mine is still different from all of theirs in some way, shape, or form. So I feel like there is a certain level of explaining that you need to do okay. just so they understand how your system works. So they go, oh, I get this. Okay, that makes sense. Okay. All right. That, 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 yeah, that's very helpful. Um, because, you know, even for me reading Shield Hero, uh, I get at the point, I, I just cock my head sometimes because they like to write a lot of, well, we're trying to get the stats for this to, debuff that and and i get lost 
and that's just shows my age because I had an Atari. So, you know, when 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 AP graphics, maybe sixteen bit at the time, uh, were your number one place for gaming, you kind of get confused quickly uh, when it comes to. Well, uh, and to be fair, the Shield Hero is it's not very good at explaining its own system. Okay, <laughs> so I'm not it's... just old and lost. <laughs> no, I mean, if if you don't know video games that well, I'm sure you will be more lost than than someone who does. But at the same time, like, I feel like the Shield Hero magic system was just sort of put in place to give it a video game flavor, even though it literally it feels nothing like a game. Okay. And I feel like a lot of the like a lot of the stats that Naofumi has honestly feel useless most of the time yes. like he's got all these different skills all these different upgrades i've never seen him use any of them <laughs> like he's got he's got a very despite the fact that he probably has like a thousand shield variations by this point he's only used like 10 oh yeah and right now it's all like the mirror shield you know yeah so yeah so he doesn't he doesn't even really use them his like i don't even know if they have i can't even remember if they had do they have hp in that in that series no, I don't think there's. Yeah, HP. yeah. So I think it's, I think it's just their the upgrades for the weapons. Uh, yeah, it's, it's all ups. about weapons and and level ups. Yeah, because you can you can level up in that, and there are classes so that limit the what you can level, things like that. But but, but even then, like the level ups don't feel like they really offer anything in particular. Like technically speaking, I suppose you're stronger, but at the same time, when I read it, you I'm know, it doesn't really feel that strength. way. Yeah. Like in especially especially with Neofumi and the others, because there's always something where they're like cursed. And yes. like I think each each new arc, Neofumi gets cursed and suddenly he's weaker than he was before. And I'm like, oh my god. Or he was somewhere when they travel to a different world, his stats are reset. Yeah. Yeah, that that did get a, a bit frustrating. I, I, I really wish they had streamlined the story a tad. Um, but you know, we'll see. We'll see how he, how they, how they eventually try and sum everything up. The, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm not reading that book anymore. <laughs> I actually quit the. Sh I couldn't do the Shield Hero anymore. <laughs> it's a lot. It, it's a thick one too. They're they're thick novels compared to a lot of other ones. So, so, you know. He, your noveling pace is pretty big. We've talked about this before. How are you keep how do you keep track of the various projects? Because you, you've got to be working concurrently on different ones, right? Um, sort of. So I, I so I'm gonna be honest. When I first began, I wrote seven days a week for 10 to 12 hours every single day. Um every single day. I was probably pushing like anywhere from 12,000 to like 22,000 words a day. I remember so some I finished... of your Twitter posts about that and just being like, yes, that's insane. But yes. <laughs> so I, I finished writing a lot of novels like Vidurgabort Legend of the Reincarnated Warrior. I've only published eight volumes, but I've already written all seven acts, which will probably be close to um like 25 or 26 volumes in total like so, if the rough draft is finished 
so you, you're able to free up mental space by like you're you're they're in different phases i guess different phases of publication and yes yes more or less so i've got a lot of the stuff that i'm posting right now is stuff that i've already that i've honestly already written and i'm just getting like right now um i'm posting man-made god volume four on patreon um because they're sort of my patrons are sort of like my beta readers they say hey brandon i really like this part or hey brandon this part doesn't make any sense fix it and so um you know after that i do my edits based on their suggestions then i go through self edits then i hire a copy editor then i hire a proofreader and i hire my artist um to do the artwork for it and then i publish it but a lot of these because i'm already so far ahead of them i'm really just catching up on everything okay that, that that seems more realistic than in my head where you're you know writing three separate stories at the exact same time and uh moving like a schizophrenic between personalities so that makes a lot yes, more sense to me. Uh, this is this is the only reason i can do it this way which um i think uh after after i'm finished with all of my current series um, I'm planning to slow down because it honestly, it was really, really difficult to, to write like this. And as I get older, you know, it becomes harder to maintain that level, that pace. So what I'm planning to do now is once I've finished all my current series, um, what I'm going to do is I'm going to write for just two series at a time. Uh, my publishing schedule will obviously slow down to accommodate for this. Uh, but what I want to do is I want to post these on Patreon first and then get them published as I finish them and as my artists go through them and my editors and everyone else finishes everything. Um, but so for now, like I'm hoping that eventually once I get all my stuff out, I'll be able to not take it easy because I still work every single I still write most days except for Saturdays and Sundays now. Um, but I want to be able to not feel the stress and anxiety that comes from pushing myself to write you know 12 to twenty thousand words in a single day yeah well let me tell you you've you've got mad respect from me uh for being a writer who could do that um you know i think the most i ever pushed out in a day would maybe 1500 words at a time and that the amount that you were able to put out in the short time that you did is amazing and what you need if you need to slow down that's great slow down and you know you can even try something more experimental something a little outside your comfort zone because you have the time to think about it i think that's that's an admirable way of looking at things well and i still have i still have to do like i have to give updates you know for patreon i do uh my main story which is right now it's a viderkabort I update a chapter every Monday and every Thursday. And then on Tuesday and Friday, I post a chapter of my secondary, secondary novel, which right now it's Man-Made God. I think um, after Man-Made God, I'm going to begin posting Incubus Volume 4. Um, but so I still have to do like consistent updates. I think when I first started, I was so afraid that I wouldn't be able to maintain this consistency that i just wrote so far ahead that now i've got like you know 30 books worth of content that i haven't published because i've 
I basically let my fear overtake me and convince me that I needed to write a massive amount of words every single day so that I'd have content to give to my patrons. So now I'm beginning to realize that I, I probably didn't need so, to do all that. So when we hear that there's a word shortage in the world, we know that you're the one who's hogged all the words. Basically. But, yeah. Well, that's, that's great though. Um, what uh, you, you put these up on your Patreon. We can follow you on Twitter uh, yes. at Brandon Varnell. And are you on any other sites? Can't remember. Um, I'm on Facebook as Facebook? well, which All is right. uh, it's facebook.com slash American Kitsune. All righty. And, and then I'm also on Instagram. Okay. Which I think I'm just Brandon B. Varnell on Instagram. Too. Probably. Yeah. yeah Brandon, I think Brandon that's B. Varnell. how it works. Yep. So I want to. And think... then I'm also on TikTok. Oh, on TikTok now. Yeah, yeah. See, all the all the kids are into the TikTok. I just haven't got there. My wife is using TikTok, but oh, I'm TikTok's just like, hilarious. I, just, I can I I can spend hours just scrolling through like some of the stupidest videos I've ever seen in my life. So funny. Oh my god. Do you know you know the Asian dad guy? No, I don't. Oh my god. This it's this dude who's like he's like an Asian dad, I guess, and is basically like the most stereotypical Asian dad on like of all time like it's you know um there's this one skit where his son gets like a b in math he's like oh my god you stupid how could you get b oh my god and he's just like flipping out I'm like oh my god this is the most hilarious thing i've ever seen but it's actually kind of true because that's how asian parents are when their kids get like a b yeah which you know for us in america that's like a great thing a b it's like you know you're above average yes in asia no you're stupid how could you do this i'm like oh dear this guy but he's he's hilarious i think he's probably also on like youtube as well okay but i see him mostly on tiktok okay all right well like i said i love talking to you i i know it's been like more than a year since the last time we talked uh like this um you have put out some amazing work and you're so thoughtful in what you do. And uh, as far as, an, as authors go, I, I really respect that. And uh, let's see if uh, you want to listen to more folks like Brandon, uh, I hope you take the time to, to subscribe to WLNM, where we hope to continue to highlight the best the independent creators have to offer. Until next time, keep reading. This has been a WLNM podcast.